After a series of strange encounters within the Twilight Eternal, a realm of imprisonment for those convicted by Anarhan, the party has found themselves in stranger and stranger predicaments. Now, all of them gather together in a large rectangular room and a small garden that inhabits the center of it. After solving a puzzle of sorts and seeing multiple hundreds of copies of themselves, alternate realities, shuffle through and outside toward the terminal end of this room, all that remains now are the small man who serves as steward to this place, the party proper, once again assembled, and a number of corpses of alternate selves. Katagas and Brynir step through the threshold into the garden and are privy to this sight that everyone else sees. There are no more alternate yous inside the garden or outside the garden where you came from that are alive. Inside the garden, there are 18 corpses, and outside there are various mutilated forms of yourselves, piles of ash, burnt corpses. Did we beat the tentacle monster? It doesn't look like it, no. (laughs) You definitely lost that fight. (laughs) Makes sense. That tracks. What in the world is going on here? You made it. Brynir, how did you get off? I lifted up my foot. (laughs) Well, it seems that the 50% chance that nothing would happen happened to be right. It seems as though something happened. Val will gesture at our bodies on the ground. Well, we can't necessarily say this is connected to that, but potentially. Eh. Why is there an overwhelming number of Bartholomews? Oh, yeah, out of the 18, like, eight of them are Barty. Why would Cat feel the need yeah. to point that out? He's so rude. It's probably because I'm such a charming Phil that people have been overwhelmed by a desire to stick a knife into me. Can we continue on? I can't believe we just spent the last 40 minutes expecting you to die. I honestly feel bad that I told you that we were going to die in 20. Well, that's what happens when we're in a plane of nonsensical things and we have no idea what's going on. That's fair. Yeah, speaking of knowing what's going on, Bartholomew, I think you're the only one who has actually looked past this place. Uh, Perhaps you could relate to the others what exactly it is we're expecting. Uh, A large man with a giant sword, consistently with a bunch of, you know, bodies at his feet. I would say a statistically significant number of Bartholomews. I was thinking we could throw him out first to see if it took the bait, gesturing over his shoulder toward the small man. What? He kind of perks up. Are you talking about me? We're looking for a volunteer, son. For what, though? You got what you came here for. Uh, did we? Well, I don't know what you came here for, so... Uh, we didn't come here by choice, so... Well, I didn't know that. Now you do. And I'm sorry, who are you? Well, I'm the caretaker. And you have a name? A what? Never mind. <laughs> I assume... <laughs> And do you know anything of what is beyond this garden walls? Oh, no, I don't worry myself with such things. Rolander looks at the others and then looks back at the caretaker. Well, something else you all missed. And as he's talking, he's walking towards the caretaker, wherever he is. Is something you all missed is that this fine chap here does not really understand the concept of time. And he gets behind the caretaker and he kind of picks him up by whatever clothing he has. He starts to fight and wriggle, but... I mean, he's he's one and a half feet tall. Just hold him out, and he can't get you. <laughs> and I think put it's time down. he gained a little understanding. Rolandir, put me down! 
Put them down. Rolander's gonna just keep on walking towards the opposite side of the room, like where they haven't gone yet, and he's gonna attempt to drop the man outside of the gate. Brynir's going to stop him. Val would also like to stop this from happening. <laughs> I like that there are still heroic people in our group. Val has been reminded that he can choose to be heroic, so he's going to try. So what do Val and Brynir do to stop Rolander? Or attempt to? Val is going to run in front of him and just try to block his path. He's in, under no illusions that he can physically stop Rolandir. Brynir will grab Rolandir's arm that is holding the small man. I merely want to hold him outside. I'm not going to toss him out. Put me down! There is nothing to be gained by subjecting this poor small man to another larger man with a sword. Do we know that? Do we know that, Val? I do. Rolandir, he is the only reason that... I took my foot off. I'm assuming this is the little man that Lamarck said gave him the information about it not having any effect whatsoever. Well, he also waited a damn well long enough to tell us that, so go ahead. Just to put this in perspective, this guy is about as tall as the average newborn human being. <laughs> Kill another baby! <laughs> 18 inches! <laughs> not having really backed down at all, but he did stop still holding the little thing as it squirrels around. Rolander just says, as I see it, this being and the one beyond both exist because of something else that's keeping us here. I merely want to see what happens when they exist together. I don't mean him any harm. I mean that truly. And if you harm him, what then? Then, whatever it is that's keeping us here has just inflicted more pain upon something else. Who's to say, Rolandia, that putting him out would do any good? What if it would be catastrophic? Removing him from- who's to, who's to say that leaving him here is doing him any good? Perhaps this is how he gets out. You know, there can be a lot of what-ifs. Nobody cares. Ah, good. And then Rolandia goes to start moving again. <laughs> <laughs> Brynir will not let him. Rolandia, there is no need. Have you ever thought, if we're going along with y'all, what if, what if this little man was not here by his own choice either? He's been stranded here for eternity. Then I say all the more reason to do it. Help him discover there's something more outside of this prison he's trapped in. Well then, Brynir, if you are so keen on what ifs and what if not, how about we put he's... some of this matter to rest? I will go and see what is on the other side. You start to move through the threshold. There is maybe a six or seven inches of clearance between you and a veritable wall of corpses around 10, 12 feet high in front of you. Okay, Vamak is once again going to fade back into the door. <laughs> it would appear that the only thing awaiting us on the other side is carnage. I saw countless numbers of bodies. Our bodies. I did not see any man with a sword, but that is likely because my vision was obscured. And so, you see, what do we have to lose by merely helping this being see what's on the other side? Brynir, you may poke your head out as he goes, and if anything bad is coming, pull yourself and him back in. I merely want to try it. As Vamak has also seen, nothing has awaited well any of these versions of ourselves aside from death okay so Rolandir steps through he, he's going to attempt to if Brynir will allow him with the man like kind of the same thing like dipping him and the man through 
And he's going to push the man a little bit further, like kind of holding him holding out. Holding him out like a lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes? Eh? Is Bryn, you're going to allow this? He will give him a, a little firm grasp on the arm and just say, I do not believe that is right to force someone, your will on someone else. Please put me down. I think it would be best to put him down and go through these trials ourselves. But if you are so set on this and none of the others oppose you, do what you will. And so advancing towards this wall, Rylander does pause a moment and kind of cocks his head towards Brynir and just says, perhaps it isn't right to impose my will, but maybe sometimes it's necessary. And then he goes forward and he does as he had planned, sticking his head out and holding the little man in front of him past the threshold. As you push the man first through the threshold, your arm going through, and then finally your head, you see the same sight as Vamok did. There's a little gap just in the right at the front of the door, right in front of the doorway, and then it's just a mound of corpses, your corpses, about 10, 12 feet high. Your hand has hit said wall, you know, because there's only, like I said, six or seven inches of clearance. You just swooshed this little guy into this pile of bodies. <laughs> okay, he, he wouldn't like, squish like, the... He wouldn't there's squish some those. resistance. <laughs> and in your hand is an empty blue tunic. Nuts. Okay, well, I actually, I kind of had a sinking feeling something like that would happen, but um, gotta move it forward, I guess. (laughs) Rolander pulls his head back in and slowly pulls back in his hand and is it still an empty blue tunic? It's an empty blue tunic and one of the fuzzy leather shoes falls onto the ground. Gods above, Rolander. Now, it appears that no one here has the guts to deal with this, so if you'll excuse me, I guess I will go make myself one of those corpses shortly. And barring anyone stopping him, his plan is, should the guy come swinging a sword at him, he is running back. So he's like, he's cocked and ready for it, but he's not, you know, he's sick of waiting and he's suicidally impulsive at this point. As you step through, uh, you are confronted by this mound that you would be, that you would need to climb to gain any vantage on this man that you saw before. Climbing up, or at least trying to. Why don't you roll athletics for me? Ooh, this is not going to be as good as his Arcana. Actually, it might be. 19. You reach the top of this mound, and, you know, it is large and then kind of tapers off going down to the small bit of clear floor where you see this man still sharpening his sword. Brynir goes with Bartholomew. Brynir would also have to roll athletics to climb. That is a 25. Or you have reached the top with Bartholomew. So now Bartholomew say, excuse me, sir. I understand you were slightly short with me earlier, but would you be as kind to explain to me why I am currently standing on a pile of bodies with my friend here, all of which look like one of my companions? This figure sets down his little whetstone and stands. This sword is about as tall as he is, and there's still a good expanse of room for him to move about in. This corpse pile only covers about a third of it, and he steps away from his little stool, going more toward this seamless door, and then about face, and looks at you once more with these cold black eyes, seemingly just standing at the ready. Now, sir, you appear to want to fight with us, but I have no interest in that. Would you mind talking? 
that's a mighty fine blade you have there, and honestly, I'm a little bit jealous as I'm slightly tired of life and would enjoy to get my hands on one of those. So could you please just tell me what you want? Maybe we can work this out. All the others tried the same. Talk. Why can we not have passage? Because you are not meant to. And all the others wanted to press further. None decided to turn around. They were unwise. And they suffered for it. Well, good sir, this is unfortunate indeed. You have polluted my space and dulled my blade with your bones. And where should we go? There are rooms and passages eternal. This one is not for you. Uh, Barty's gonna turn to Bernier and just say, Do you think it might be worth it to just turn around? I mean, there were seven other options, and now that you're not blown up, maybe we can walk our way out of here. I don't got any knives, unless you feel particularly confident in your grappling skills. It doesn't appear to have anyone have any magic. I suppose it would not hurt to try another way. The man did say that there are eternal paths, and it does not seem like we have made much of an impact in the past. As you're speaking, the mound kind of shifts beneath your feet, or at least the part that you're standing on, and you realize for the first time that not all of them are completely dead. Most of them are just gravely wounded, kind of writhing in pain, suffocating under each other. We can fix that. <laughs> the closest one that looks alive and semi-lucid is a Relandir that is not missing part of his head, but it's been like, caved in a bit. It's like one of his eyes is like bloodshot and bulging and the other one is just like a pulpy mass. His skull is exposed. The rest of his body is kind of wedged into these other corpses, but he's got an arm free that's been cut up and then this head. Bartholomew first shouts down to the man down there and he says, Now, are you sure you're not interested in talking? I really would rather not fight. The only thing you want is to go through the door and you cannot go. Very well. I mean, I can't see how we could anyways, as it doesn't appear to have any way to open the door, but very well. And he's going to turn to Bernier and he says, Well, I guess the way I see it is, one, we can get more people out here and we can throw ourselves at him. Two, we can see if that Rolandier isn't suffering from significant enough brain damage to not be able to tell us what exactly they did. We can at least count out one thing, or we can just turn around. Any, any ideas? I do not see why we don't just try another path. Like I've said, it does not seem that we fared very well in other approaches to this. Your Damlik friend speaks truth. You should learn from this and leave, mortals. Uh, sir, were you trying to imply that you are immortal? He doesn't respond. I'm not actually positive he can die anymore. Bartholomew is going to try to talk to the very disfigured land deer. He's just going to go up to him and he's going to say, Nah, I don't suppose you are aware enough to tell me what happened. What? What? Barty, what are you doing? And he kind of looks over to, rolls his eyes upwards and sees a dead Barty's face. Of course we didn't make it. We we're damn fools. Now, Rolandir, I heartily respect you. I do. But calling yourself a fool is not the most dishonest thing you've ever done. Now what I need to know is what exactly you did that was so foolish so that I myself and the other version of you 
do not end up like that. Would you mind telling me? He came at us quickly. I, for one, didn't even see what happened. We pushed back to... And he kind of just wiggles his shoulders a little bit in the mass to this pile here. And he's kind of fading quickly as he's talking. Just, just run. And then he dies. Bartholomew, with a very gallow sense of humor, gives him a little pat on the shoulder and says, Well, that was helpful. And he turns around, looks to Brynir, and he says, There's certainly nothing the two of us can do. I say we go back and talk to everyone else. Yes, and they proceed down the Tower of Bodies. Alright, you slide slash climb your way down, uh, come back into the garden, find everyone still assembled, waiting, perhaps impatiently. As soon as Barty and Brynir went through the door, Val approaches Rolandir and just holds out his hand for the tunic. So Rolandir relinquishes the tunic over, and he kind of searches on the ground back towards the entrance for the shoe, and he picks that up and just holds it. Are you satisfied now? Partially. I don't think yes was the answer Val was looking for. Val is very disappointed in this turn of events. And seeing the very clear expression of disappointment, because Val's facial expressions are not that hard to read. No. <laughs> he hides nothing. Rolandir just says, Val, perhaps whatever that being was, whether it was an individual or a manifestation of something else, perhaps it's in a worse place, perhaps it's in a better place. We have no way of knowing that, but we do know one thing, that had we left, had it stayed here, its only recollections would have been in this garden for eternity. Now, would you have preferred to have stayed where you would have, or would you have taken any option out? Do not speak to me of eternities, Rolander. And after Val says that, he kind of just looks at him for a few seconds, if there is any response or not. And if not, then he's going to move over to a different part of the garden. Val has one more thing to say. Val ain't done with you. <laughs> Let me clip my hair in real good. <laughs> Listen here. Take out her. my earrings. <laughs> Take out my hoops. <laughs> yeah. Take off my press-on nails. Put on. <laughs> I have been reminded in this place of what it was I set out to do and who it is I wanted to become. And... I have suffered as you have suffered. I have made poor decisions as you have made, and I have been reminded that I am not my decisions, and that there is always an opportunity to change. And I know, as you do, that being forced into particular courses of action is worse than anything on this green planet. But we can choose, Rolandir. And I will not force you to choose... I would simply remind you. Lander doesn't say anything in response. He kind of twiddles with the shoe a bit, gives a single nod, and puts some distance between him and Val. Not, not necessarily like in a get away from me type thing, but he, he's going to a secluded part of the garden and sits and waits. Uh, Val is going to fold up the tunic and just like tuck it into his belt. At this point, Barty and Brynir rejoin the group. I believe our best course of action would be to attempt another room. The mass of bodies does not bode well for this pathway. A labyrinth of torture it is. Did this being give you a reason why we can't pass, or is it simply his duty to protect what lies beyond? He said that it was not for us, mortals, 
standing up from this short rock wall that he was on. The ladder kind of stretches his legs. Well, as for me, that makes me all the more curious to see what lies beyond. But if what you're saying is true, then clearly there is no viable option past. Very well, then. Where to? Wait, so you mean we're just going to turn right back around? Uh, Unless you want to die, yes. Well, I mean, I can't speak for all of you, but I'm pretty sure I'm already dead. Yeah, so you're already dead. I'd like to be dead, yet I have proven increasingly resistant to dying. However, as much as my psychological state makes me want to end my existence, I find a primal instinct pushing me to not actively walk onto the edge of a sword, at least not until later today. So, if we could, I don't know, avoid that, I think we would all be better off, particularly since we have people now like Val with us, who seems to be interested in not being a horrible person, which I appreciate. Well, Bartholomew, being rather forward as of late. Son, after you come to the grips with the fact that you drank your own son's blood, it's really hard to reconsider what you have to do with your life. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Kelnias just, like, looks to who's ever closest to her and, like, where did you find this man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she doesn't know him. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, let's not dwell on the past, shall we? <laughs> I there's... might want to dig into that one a little bit later. There's nothing to dig into. We will let them be. Perhaps there's something to be gained in this garden after all. Maybe there's something that we can take. Maybe there's something to be found here. Why does this exist in the first place? Yes, we could bring the man a bouquet of flowers. Maybe that's all he's waiting on. Well, I actually want to jump on to one thing you said there, Landir. Can we be entirely sure that we have not yet tried to give the man a bouquet of flowers? Nope. All right. I'll meet you back in the room above. (laughs) And Kelnier starts heading off. That will follow her. He's fully done with this. I will remind you all that we are in, like, purgatory, basically, so there's really nowhere for us to go. So maybe the monotony could be the point? Okay, that's fair. That's actually not a bad bit. That could be thematic. That is why Val has comment- commented about the labyrinth of horrors so many times. Man, maybe, yeah. maybe I should just, like, vocally express something like that. I feel like that's what Brynir's been trying to get across this entire time. <laughs> As has oh, hey. Val. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, guys, this is a trial... And whatnot. They specifically said we're not going to be able to like get out of here. Well, we... I guess no, we no, know who's fine. failing this trial. <laughs> now get yourself out of this garden, you little turd. <laughs> you smell the bodies. Yeah, yeah. Why is Ooh, that the yeah, on your voice. face. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> is that the Rolander? That's, yeah, that's, that's how Rolander thinks to himself. That's how, how Rolander sounded yeah, in the in the POV of the the small. Yeah, yeah, you get up in those bodies. <laughs> Okay. I um, believe we should. <laughs> Bartholomew stands up and he basically just says, "Well, that uh, I guess we're out with that idea then." As Val has often repeated, if this is a cycle of endless horrors, one stairs and just as useful as the next stair. Maybe we go back up and try our luck somewhere else. I am not opposed to turning around. It would be. Perhaps there is some sort of lesson we are supposed to learn here. If we were sent here at the behest of one of the gods, I would not put it past them to try to teach us something. So Val and Kelnias are gone. 
Yes. Bartholomew is trying to gesture everyone towards the exit. Vamok will go ahead and head back out. Brynir is pretty content with leaving. Um, Mick will leave as well, but before he does, he's going to rip off a little bit of the something that's in the garden. Like a little, Mick is going to rip off a stem from one of the plants in the garden and will follow in tow. As you pass through the inner threshold, going back the way you originally came, that just turns to dust in your hand as if 10,000 years pass in an instant. Oh, I think I know what happened to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Time oh. hit him quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Mick kind of also realizes what happened to, for sure to the man and kind of sinks within himself and continues to walk. Okay, so everyone moves back toward the stairs across the runic web and starts heading up. When you reach the large octagonal chamber once more, this table is the same, though there's a pitcher and glasses arranged for everyone, and there's an extra chair wherein sits this butler character that ushered you around the previous night. Did you have some sort of intentions for us? The butler stands as you, you know, enter the room and just motions to the chairs. Val will sit. Rainier will sit as well. Mick will sit next to Val. I see how it is. With Rainier on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> Vamok will sit in any of the empty chairs. Bartholomew will sit as well. As do Kelny Asencad. And Rolandir, trailing up the stairs after the rest, plops down in any open chair. Not instantaneously. Like, you don't see it, but you know, as you're looking about the room and the stairwell that you just came up kind of shifts out of your focus, out of your line of sight, when you move your POV back toward it, it is just a plain featureless wall as if nothing were ever there. And the butler, taking his seat now that everyone else has, says, well, Seems you all have passed the trial of self-deception. Very good. There seem to only be seven more. God. Now, might I ask what in the world that had to do with self-deception? Was I deceiving myself into thinking that I could beat that guy? Was I deceiving myself into thinking I wouldn't sacrifice that man? I mean, I failed to understand the purpose of this hellish existence, good sir. Well, Bartholomew, it is true. You could have charged in like the many others that sought their own dominance over something wildly out of their control. But you did not. To me, at least, though I am no judge, would say that is a success, as you are yet breathing. Not for fault of trying, let me assure you. No. No, I believe you. But I think you'd find your efforts here of any sort of self-harm otherwise quite unsuccessful. Those who have consigned you to this place, hmm, how should I put this that you might understand, have afforded you a time of learning. Perhaps that you may exit once more with a changed disposition toward not only themselves but the wider world. You have all seen things and done things that are, in at least their sight, quite untoward. Though, again, I am no judge of persons or their actions. I hold no opinion on such things. It is above me and my purposes. I am merely here to guide you, to keep you, and above all, to remind you 
of that which you have done poorly. And hopefully, by the end of this, and these other seven trials, you will have taken away something, hopefully, useful. Something that will aid you in your tribunal whenever that comes. Think of this as a gift from one of the gods who does not seek absolute destruction on your part. And though he regards his sister Anahan in a favorable light, my patron does not wish to see mercy squandered. That effectively shuts Bartholomew up. He is uh, pondering the words. Might I inquire, who is your patron? I was sent here by Delagast. Would you be able to give him my thanks? Perhaps. I do not know if I will continue to exist once this ordeal has come to a close, or if I will be able to leave the Twilight Eternal. But I assure you, should I see my master once more, I will deliver your appreciation. Thank you. Taking a quick look around, are there seven more staircases? There are. Still an octagon, so... Very well. Then I say that we should continue. If that was one of eight trials, let us move forward. I would caution against haste in these circumstances. If you require, you may return upstairs to your lodgings. If you require rest, that is. If not, then please press onward, forward. The sooner the better, if that's the correct phrasing. However, I would also offer a word of caution, one of warning, even. For these trials are intended to be revealing, so far as I'm concerned. To turn you from one way to another. To make you, if at all possible, at least a smidge repentant for what you've done and wrought upon Egadon. For do not mistake my master's inherent nature of goodwill and mercy for any sort of favor upon yourselves. Though I'm sure Delagast would as soon see you all wiped from existence as the rest of the Ethereals. That would not be in his nature, god of mercy as he is. So, you are offered this merely as a formality, so that all can say that this was fair. It is entirely on your shoulders whether or not you use this opportunity to change. Very well. Must we go back to our rooms? No, if you do not wish to. Mine was not particularly restful. I highly doubt it. Though I would also caution that in returning, you may experience different things than you did the night before. Your minds are fraught with painful memories, all of which can be so easily dredged. I am ready to press on. Relander goes to take a swig of the water from the glass in front of him. Is it? It's sack. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Does it quench his thirst? The room temperature water quenches your thirst to a moderate degree. All right, he'll take it. And he pushes himself back from this table, just stands up. I'm ready. Wait a moment. Val, would you be able to press on? Uh, Val looks at the butler and says... What would you recommend we do right now? It is outside my purview to offer such advice. Though, if I were forced to, I would merely suggest patience. For nothing good can come of hasty work. And may we stay here for a little bit to discuss this? 
Of course. No one will force you to go forward or backward. I am fine to press on. Thank you for asking, Bunyir. I I want to do... I want to make the most of whatever we can of being in this place. Not entirely sure what that entails, but if we would like to press on, I will go. I have a question first, because I'm not entirely satisfied with this predicament. There are others that were of this uh, cadre of ours, equally, if not more guilty than we are, of the things that we've done. Why are they not forced to be here? Well, I don't know what's in your past, miss, as I do not know who you are. However, I can guarantee you it is not the actions I have taken while I have been in the company of you all that have brought me to this purgatory. The one called Bartholomew speaks the truth. It is not your collective actions that damn you, though they do play a considerable role in the case against you. You have all transgressed laws of nature and man in many ways, both individually and collectively. Yourself, Kelnies Metzen, have done many things before ever making the acquaintance of this cadre, as you so deem to call them. And those others, I assume you speak of Luca Cole, Ifran Zedmir, among others. They have already endured, or not endured, said trials, and await you in the aftermath. Bartholomew, ignoring the, gr- not ignoring the butler, but turning to the group, says, I am ready to continue. However, if I am to change, as has been requested of me, I will need to spend at least another night. I will need to endure another night in our dwelling. Cad is actually the first one to speak up after he gives a little shiver and he says, I would... I actually prefer not to return to those lodgings, if at all possible. I agree, Cad. As much as I want to rest, I don't want to return to my room. But I don't think that we should carry on so hastily, as was mentioned before. Perhaps we can rest here, in this room. I will go up with you, Barty, if you want. I think, actually, you will find that this journey will be a solitary one. I apologize. It is simply the nature of this place. But we could leave together. True. You could walk upon the same stairs. But in the end, he will make that journey back to his room alone. Whether or not that room is the same as it was the night before. And whether or not the rooms encountered along the way will be open or shut as they were before. There is more than one nightmare to experience. And Val, you want to go back to those nightmares? (laughs) No, but I want to change. Then we move forward. We don't go back. Barty will speak up once again and just say, Very well. Then, if we truly have seven more trials, I'm sure we will come back to this very room and sit around this very table and consider whether or not we need to move forward or whether or not we need to go back. Shall we press on? You ask for patience. You ask for temperance of our impulses. I will need to move, or I will cease to function. So if we're going up or if we're going down, I don't care. But we need to go somewhere. I cannot stay here. I cannot think and rest. 
It sounds like the consensus is we continue with the trials. If we need rest later on, so be it. I can agree to this. Aye, same. Then let's continue. And if you need help, look to those around you. At least I will provide assistance. It is true what Bernier says, that if we are to go back, we are alone. But Ford, we're together. Is there anything else to it? Let's move forward. Seeing the staircase nearest to him, Rolander just points to it. Shall we? As everyone stands and starts to file toward the indicated staircase, the butler stands as well and places a hand kind of on Rolandier's chest, stopping him from going. Not so forcefully, but as everyone else files off, he just leans in close to you, Rolandier, and says, I did not want to make this publicly known as to not embarrass you. Though when I said that you all passed the trial, I spoke somewhat facetiously. Everyone did pass the trial, Rolandier. Say for yourself. Though, you still have seven chances. I suggest you don't waste 